Well, good morning, Salem Heights family and any guest who is tuning in with us today. We're so thankful that you've joined us and uh, we're going to worship today. Uh, we're going to hear from God's word. We're going to be encouraged. Uh, we know that uh, this is not necessarily very ideal for us to be uh, meeting this way because being in person, there's just a, another dynamic uh, that happens where we're able to encourage one another when we're face to face. But this is the best that we can do for now. And so what we're going to do is we're going to worship. Um, we're going to invite you to bring your family on into the room. Uh, to be a part of this. Uh, you'll notice we'll have a couple of our, our music team members joining us today uh, to be a part of this as well. Um, so uh, we, we invite you to sing with us, uh, sing there in your home and, and encourage the people that are, that are with you there. And then we'll hear from God's word.
Father, we um, are so thankful that, that these things that we are singing about are true. If we would just turn our eyes to you, we know that um, 
you will walk with us and you will take those burdens and things that, that we are dealing with. Um, loss of jobs, uh, we know uh, just with our daily routines being all mixed up, not being able to see the friendly faces that we normally get to see can be a discouragement uh, to many of us. And so we would pray that you'd help us to lean on you in that. Um, we would pray that you'd help us now to be encouraged from your word because we know that your word says it will not come back void if we will just allow it to um, uh, to speak to us and allow it in. And so we would pray that you'd help us to do that. I pray that you'd help us to reach out to the people around us. What an opportunity we have right now to reach out to neighbors where we're all kind of just, um, uh, we're at home and, and uh, we're, we have more of this time to, to be able to uh, say hello and build relationships with, um, hopefully with the, the end goal to have an opportunity for the gospel. Uh, for our neighbors that don't know you. And so we pray that you'd help us to, to be your ambassadors in these days. I pray that you'd help us now uh, to be encouraged from your word so that we can go on and live another week of the Christian life in your name, in Christ's name, amen. Well, good morning, church. It's good to be with you this morning. And if you are a guest, welcome to Salem Heights Church Online. Um, you picked a great week to uh, start watching uh, because we're about to start a brand new series called Who Do You Think You Are? And uh, before we get to that this morning, Pastor Justin, I know last week we issued a challenge uh, to families, and maybe you can give us a little update on if anybody got back to you on that. Yeah, we had challenged our families to uh, get a seed, plant that, watch it grow, begin to talk about the process of growth, and then send us a picture. Yeah. And right away, uh, I had two that sent me pictures, uh, the Brownells and the Rossies. Uh, Evan Brownell sent me a picture. He'd gone out on a walk with his family and actually found a magnolia pod <laughs> and planted that. And, uh, and then the, the Rossi kids all had, all had their own planter. They had their own little pot there with uh, seeds they already had planted. Uh, we want to get pictures of those as they grow. But uh, we're making a commitment to the church that if uh, your kids plant a seed and something grows, you've talked about it, we're going to give them a prize. So we want you to send those pictures in to us still, and we will start posting those uh, at the church website. Oh, that's really great. So yeah. um, as we kind of launch in today, I mean, we are excited to start this series. It's going to be for the next seven weeks, including starting today. Yeah. And uh, this is something that we have uh, just been kind of walking through and wrestling through. A series that you had mentioned last week we were going to do at the end of the summer, but we felt was really timely. And maybe you could speak to why now is this a good time for this series? Yeah, we've entitled the series, Who Do You Think You Are? Yeah. Uh, it comes out of a series of messages that have been a long time, a long standing series in the most excellent way. And so uh, in conjunction with Matt, we wanted to do something that would highlight that theme. Mm -hmm. um, but it really has to do with this idea that there are truths in scripture, things that are said about us, and we quite often can hear those as theological truths. So. Uh, it's a list of things that uh, we've heard about or maybe understood intellectually, but they haven't actually hit our heart. So mm -hmm. who do you think you are is the idea of moving it from this place of there's some ideas out there or I think I know some truths to actually getting them into our heart. And that translates into it begins to change the way that we act. And so um, that big idea of as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. And we're trying to push forward with that. I know there's a key text that's going to kind of set up our morning, and then we're going to yeah. kind of make some observations from that. But what's the kind of the text that kind of sets a course of direction for us? This was a, a devotional talk that you and I were working through, and it was born out of Luke chapter 6, verses 43 through 45. Why don't you read that for us? It says, For no good tree bears bad fruit, 
nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit, for each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from the bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Yeah, that, that ending idea there, out of the abundance of the heart, whatever has filled you up is what in, in, you are impelled to do. Um, so there are certain truths that have soaked into the soil of who you are, and now they're becoming uh, produce. And we talked about that in just kind of a light, we told it a 30,000 foot view last week. But now what we want to do is start taking a look at what is being produced in your life. What's the source of that? Um, and I want to move the idea to what does God actually say about his children? This is who you are. These are the things that are true about you. You're a son. Uh, you are a dwelling place. You are free. What does that mean? And how do we move it from a theological concept into our heart? Once it's in our heart, it'll begin to produce fruit. So if you're not seeing fruit from that, it's because you haven't incorporated those truths. You haven't said, I agree with what God says in Scripture. And that's why I'm so excited about this series, because for those who have been longtime church attenders, these are going to be some words or some phrases that maybe we know, yeah. but some of the power, some of the, the aha maybe has kind of diminished. But for those who maybe are new to the church or who are just checking us out for the first time, this is a great time to jump in because you're going to hear some things that God says how he sees those who place their faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah. So I know there was a story that kind of uh, an illustration of maybe uh, not knowing who you truly are, knowing something about yourself or your family, yeah. uh, but then learning more about it. And maybe you can tell us a little bit about that story. Yeah, there actually was a TV series a short while ago. It, they may have even rebooted it since uh, you know quarantine, but it was called Who Do You Think You Are? And they were a group of people that were researching their history and discovering um, their historical truths, but discovering a little bit uh, about themselves in the process. Why do I do the things I do? Well, you can see a generational uh, activity or a commitment or a group of ideas that they have carried on. Mm -hmm. And one of those episodes that was really powerful to me was one where J.K. Rowling, who is the writer of the Harry Potter series, um, she had heard some stories about her great-grandfather that were profound to her. And so she went to research that. She thought she knew the man. And she arrives at this place in France um, and discovers that the stories that she had heard about him were not true. And she actually discovers a whole entirely different truth about him. He's actually a different guy than she thought. And the truth is at first shattering and then profound, and it has an emotional impact on her. So let, let's watch as she uncovers that. So yeah, man, this is a profound story yeah. that she is encountering. Right. She, she actually says at the end of that video, um, there's two different men. Um, she's, she's describing it as two different people, but actually what she's saying is there was my Louis, my grandpa that I, I really revered and I thought these stories were true, but then there was the true guy that actually was more profound. He didn't unpack all of that in his life for me, mm. but she found out some things about a historical person that had relevance in her life and it turned to emotion. And then she says that I actually see that in my life in these ways. We want to piggyback on that moment that just happened with J.K. Rowling into a much bigger concept. In scripture, 
God actually says, these are some things that are true. And he's trying to move us from thinking just about ourselves and thinking small or trying to wrap our minds around the world as we know it. Mm. And he says, here are the actual truths about the world and about who you are because you're my child. Mm. And I want those truths to move from the theory to actuality. I want them to move into your heart. And then I want them to impact your day-to-day life. Mm -hmm. And so we want to, in this study look at some truths that will impact us that way. Yeah, so Luke 6 talks about how the, from our heart really reveals who we truly are. So if we can take these, these descriptions of how God sees us, what God says about us, yeah. and I'll let it get from our head and intellectual understanding into our heart, there are three things that are going to come out of us, and there's some observations that uh, you've made from Luke 6, and maybe share the first one with us. Yeah, so in order for us to drink in these truths over the next seven weeks. We need to start with this idea. First, we are part of a larger story. And to help us unpack that, we're part of a bigger story. I just want us to look once again at a flow of thinking all the way through the scriptures, starting at Genesis 3, 14 and 15. Read that. The Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Now, this is what's called by many theologians the proto-evangelist. So it's the first time that we hear an evangelistic statement. There is coming somebody who's going to correct all of this. Right. And there's a battle between Satan and this seed, as, as he's called. Yeah, he's going to Satan's going to win a victory, but the ultimate victory is going to come from this one who is going to set all things right. So the fall has happened, and now we have this promise. In the curse of the serpent, there's a promise. There's somebody that is coming to correct that. And so they begin to look for this individual. And the very, uh, just a short while later in Genesis 5.1, it starts with a phrase. It says, now this is the book of the generations of Adam. And he begins to unpack. God created man, and then he tells him, hey, this is a son, this is a son, this is a son. And he begins going through that. Well, all the rest of uh, Genesis has this phrase over and over again, Toledot, this is the generations of. And it doesn't just happen there, but it comes up again in numbers. Hey, here's all the generations of right. the 12 tribes. Right. And then when they're going into the land, here's also the generations of, and it gives you these, and then that list comes up over and over again. When they're coming back out of captivity in Babylon, these are the generations, the leaders of. And then finally, we get to uh, Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, and it says this. Matthew 1, 1 says, this is the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, mm. the son of David. Well, that's our translation from the Greek, but that Greek translation is the exact same way that they've translated this Toledot. These are the generations of. This is the generations of Jesus Christ. After 8070, that phrase doesn't come up anymore. Right. No more. Why? There's a big storyline that's going on in the scriptures. Starting in Genesis, I'm looking and looking for this Savior. It, was he Adam's kid? No. Was he Moses' kid? No. Is he one of the Levites? No. Is he coming back from Babylon? No, not yet. Now we finally have him. Matthew chapter 1, here it is, the generation of Jesus. 
and we're his children. Mm. We are his kids. Now we've been enfolded into this great big story and Jesus is the answer to this lifelong thing. Now imagine for a moment that you think you're the story. I, I mean, how crazy is this? We think, God, don't you see what's happening to me? As if we're the centerpiece of scripture. This whole entire thing, we, we got 10,000 years of recorded history that's going on in front of us in the scriptures. And, and somehow we think, Lord, don't you see what's happening to me? I'm a big deal. Right. But we're not. We'll interact with the scriptures and look for ways that it really speaks to yeah. us. And yet it's about him and yeah. his plan of redemption. The entire thing is about Christ and it's driven by a story that is a lot bigger than us. But by his grace, we get to be a part of it. And so just kind of a summary idea there is we need to remember in this big picture of God's story, we're a pixel. We're not the whole portrait. Right. We're just one little pixel. And if we play that role right, we, we get to be one of the, we, the brush marks of the master are on us. There, there is a, a, a sense in which we are part of the coloring of the whole story that he allows us to just play that role. But the big picture is about Christ. It's about God unfolding this story and answering these promises. That's a pretty profound thought. And so yes. when we talk about coming to this aha moment or this realization of who we yeah. are, um, that, that one thought in itself that we are part of something bigger. Now we're part of that line because we are in Christ. Yeah. That should stir us up in a certain way. It should. We should be uh, just enthralled with the idea that this story is an epic. It's much more, it's major. It's much more significant than us. Yeah. What's the second observation? Well, the second thing we need, if we're going to really drink these in and turn them from theological ideas to something that impacts our heart, is we need to move that treasure from our head to our hearts. Mm. We've got to actually make a transfer here. We referenced Luke 6, 43 uh, through 45 there, but it says here in verse 45, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It's actually saying there that there's something you have treasured Right? You've gathered up, you've cherished, you've looked at it, you've possessed it, and, and you've taken that in. And now it's producing something. So if you have a guy that tells you over and over again, no, I'm, I'm really a good guy, but all he's ever done is steal, right? You have to look at them and be able to say, well, actually, the product of your life, the product of what's inside you is thieving. Hmm. So instead, we want you to get this treasure from an idea out here and actually move it into your heart to where you actually do treasure it. And so, I mean, that's the key. Yeah, so this is okay. I'm starting to hear a repeated theme. Yes. It's taking it from the head into the heart. Why yeah. does it matter the location of where this knowledge resides? Yeah, well, that, that's where we've talked about in the past, the power of a preposition, right? So when uh, scripture says God with us, that's a much better thing than God distant from us. Right. So God with us, he is right here. Um, the, the power of a preposition, I had written down actually um, when a location matters, yeah. right? So if you have a, a ring, if you have a ring and it's in a display case, it's beautiful. But if it's been put on your finger, it makes all the difference, <laughs> right. right? Location is everything. If you have an atom and it's in a bomb, well, now it's destructive. But if you take that atom and you put that same thing inside of a nuclear power facility and it's powering us, the, the difference in the way that force is used is dramatic. Position, that location is everything. Uh, you take gas and pour it on a fire, it's explosive, but you put it in your car, 
much better place for it, right? Now that location is everything. Uh, we've talked about quarantine right now. If you are able to quarantine with your family, that's much better than if they're far away from you. That location is everything. We're taking these truths, and instead of just studying them as distinct, separate, like a biology lesson, but we've moved them into, these are truths about me. These are things that, that have happened for me. This is what God says about me. I don't get to choose whether or not they're true. God says they're true. How do I incorporate those and allow them to start creating momentum in my life? And so that location is everything. If it's just in your head, you won't move forward. If right. it's in your heart, you'll see change. Well, and I, and I think that just it brings another illustration to mind of just an <clears throat> automobile. You have a car that has this engine and there's power in that engine. But if you don't put it into drive and take that power and put it in the right place and drive it towards the transmission, yeah. the car doesn't go anywhere. You can step on that gas and hear it purring and raging, but you're just going to stay where you're at. But if you yeah. take that power and put it in the right place, that car can now travel and can move. It comes alive. Yeah. And so what's kind of the summary point for this second point? Uh, well, that our feet will not move until our heart is engaged. Yeah, yeah that picture of your car. Yeah. Um, you, you can't steer a parked car. You know, it's got to be moving. So our feet will not move until our hearts engage. If you're not getting any traction in the Christian life, you haven't taken those truths and said, Lord, I believe that. Those are, I, I see those truths. I rest in those truths. I have faith. And that's, I mean, that's what scripture promises, that those who will actually look at it, think about it, read it, and ponder it, it actually has that transformational effect on us. Yeah. And so that's what we're really hoping over these next seven weeks is to take, again, a look at some of these really important statements, but let them penetrate our hearts so that we can get uh, engaged with it. Absolutely. So, third point. Yeah, so the third thing in order to move that from just the ideas to our heart is that your position informs your direction. Mm. Um, you had a quote, actually, that you had read yeah. that will help us discuss that. Yeah, I was looking into this whole idea of just why is it important to look back and not forget? Because throughout Scripture, there's tons of uh, kind of encouragement and admonition like, don't forget, remember, remember, remember. Uh, but there's a couple of different ways we can remember. One is to have a nostalgic kind of look back, and one is to really actually consider and think about what has happened in the past. And a guy named David Neff, in an article he was writing on, kind of looking back in order to move forward, said this, Nostalgia is trying to relive something that is departed. Some things gain our affections after they leave us, and thus nostalgia plays its, pays its wages in sentiment, though not necessarily in wisdom. History, however, pays off in wisdom and insight. It involves sober reflection on the past in a way that helps us know who we are, where we are, and how we got here. It gives us perspective on the present that helps us avoid taking the same unnecessary detours two or three times. Indeed, by being clear-eyed about the past, we are helped to move forward. Yeah. I think for me, it's this uh, thinking about our, our position informs our direction is understanding that when we see who we are in Christ and how we've gotten here, um, we have to really have that in our hearts, really understand that to be able to continue to have a clear path of where we're going forward. Yeah. If we just take these thoughts and these concepts over the next seven weeks and kind of just go, oh, those sound nice. Oh, yeah, that's comforting for a second and then let it go away. It doesn't have uh, any real wisdom or insight gained from that. And yet these are not just statements that were kind of just put in the word of God. 
for a momentary comfort. Yeah. These were life-giving, direction-giving, wisdom-casting statements. And I think it's important for us to truly understand them and understand the person who said those actually has the right to say those, and they can really be of great value to us. Yeah, I think we were talking a little bit about going to Mental Park, yeah. and uh, Christine and I were, were walking over there, and we saw uh, on one of our, our times in this you know COVID time, we're all keeping our distance. Sure. Somebody had traveled into a section of Minto that they weren't familiar with. Uh, they were from another section of the park, and they had a nostalgic view. Hey, this was really fun to walk in the park. I used to love that. But then they were staring at a sign, and it says, you are here. And they're like, no, we're not there. How did we get here? And, and they couldn't actually get to where they needed to go until they accepted that is where they are. And having just a, well, I used to love walking in the park, or these people told me this, or that. And, you know, we, we blame shift. We, we try to say, hey, this is how I ended up. We have all these ways that we got to where we are. But that sign is doing something similar that Scripture is saying. It's saying, this is where you are. And it's telling us this is where you need to go. You might have all kinds of ideas about how you got there, but this nonetheless is where you are and this is how you get to safety or this is how you get safely home. And it's giving you a course. It's giving you the ability to plot that direction. Yeah, and we see yeah. that uh, in Romans 15 yeah, verses four through six, it kind of tells, it, it shows us that this was the intent. It says, for whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Mm -hmm. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's a powerful picture. It says you individually are being told these truths. These things that are written in former days are written for us to be able to learn. But if I don't learn this right, I'm not collectively going to rejoice with all the other believers about where God's taking us. I'm going to have my own voice, and, and you'll be the one sitting in the back of the car, the one kid that's always irritated about the trip to Disneyland, <laughs> right? right? Everyone else is rejoicing. We get to go. You're mad about the issue. He says, join the excitement. This is what God says. This is where we're headed. He wrote these things so that you wouldn't crave your desires. Join the family. Right. And he's trying to get you to go somewhere with him. Those things are written so you can rejoice collectively. The, the kind of summary point that we had for this, uh, because we are called in Scripture a child of God. That means we're a prince or a princess of heaven. We have a direct statement from God, this is who you are. And an actual position, that's what we get out of Scripture, actual position is the difference between a prince or a poser. <laughs> that's the key. We're either faking it, and we're not actually a prince or princess of heaven. We haven't believed these things we haven't trusted none of this is for us or these things are true of us and your actual position is you're a prince of heaven you may not be living like it but if you take in no i'm god's child i'm a prince or princess of heaven there are things that are true about you that you may not even have understood you got to get that into your heart so it hits your feet right and so it can speak to presently who you are and i think right now there's a lot of things that can kind of get us distracted yeah. um, we can be uh, and just kind of figuring out, trying to figure out what's next for us. Yeah. 
the Word of God and these, these statements of who we are in Christ speak to us who we are presently, but they also inform us of the potential for where we need to be going. Absolutely. And so that's why we need to continue to revisit these things. These are the truths that continue to come up over and over that we need to be focusing on during times, uh, not just tough times of uncertainty, but just living normal life. Yeah. Because the, even in normal life, there's plenty to distract us. And God's Word is saying, no, no, keep your eyes here. Remember these things. Yeah. So as we kind of wrap up this morning, um, one of the things we've been trying to do each week is to try to kind of have a way to bring this home for a family. And yeah. I know there were some ideas that you had for things that families could do this week to engage with this week's yeah. message. What were those? Well, well, the first thing, and I just want to speak to everyone that's listening, is I, I want you to actually take a moment, if possible, this very morning that you are watching this episode and tell your story. How did you come to Christ? What is it that you discovered in Scripture? Not that you came up with on your own, but what in Scripture convinced you, transformed your life, and led you to a new direction? So tell your story, especially if you're a parent, tell your story to your kids. How did you become convinced of Christ and what difference has it made in your life? Uh, and the second thing I'd have you do is just consider for a moment or talk about what are some Christian words or ideas that have lost their flavor. They, they seem to have lost their meaning over time for you. Uh, and in your family, talk about those. What are some Christian ideas? Mm -hmm. So I, we had talked about a few. Yeah. 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 I think, you know, the I, some of the stories that speak to... Um, God using people through tough circumstances, and yet he always had a plan, yeah. and he always reminded them of that plan through the process, or people like Joseph, or Moses, or Daniel. Yeah. There's some great stories where uh, the circumstances that they had to face for doing what was right, or living for God, yeah. didn't seem to be fair, didn't seem to really make a whole lot of sense, but their continued commitment to the Lord, remembering who they were in his eyes, led them for God to carry them along to accomplish great things for His glory. Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, in addition to the stories, too, we were talking about some themes. Sometimes we hear the word gospel, and it's an idea now, but it hasn't actually, it doesn't warm our heart as good news right. anymore. Or I've been set free. We don't really know, well, free from what and in what way? How come I'm still struggling if I'm free? And, and we've kind of turned it to an abstract rather than something that's real. So there's some ideas. There's some words, you know, propitiation, whatever it is. <laughs> Come up with your list of things that you've read in Scripture or heard, but it's moved from the heart out to an intellectual study. We want to move it back to, mm. these are my stories, these are my truths, these are things that God has said for us. Yeah. And, and then finally, we wanted to have you actually pick a great story from Scripture and read it again, either individually or as a family. Uh, we want to consider what was God's point in writing that. So read it again and say, man, what's the big idea? What's he trying to send to me? Yeah. Well, I'm excited for this series, and I'm excited to kind of, again, remind ourselves if we've been a Christian for a long time of some really amazing truths that speak to who we are in Christ yeah. and what our potential is. And I'm really excited also for those who might be, again, uh, visiting and tuning in for the first time and maybe getting to hear for the very first time. Um, what God thinks about those who are his children and their ability to enter into that relationship with yeah. him themselves. So, uh, Pastor Justin, as we close, would you close this with a word of prayer? Yeah, yeah, let's pray. Father, we, 
we thank you for the truths that are in Scripture. We thank you for the fact that you would even condescend to, to come down uh, to die on our behalf, to send Christ to die, be buried, and rise again on the third day. Mm-hmm. Father, we, these things can sometimes enter into just an abstract idea, a story that we tell, but we forget to uh, allow them to warm our hearts. We pray that you would, over these weeks, remind us who we are, remind us of truths, what you have accomplished on our behalf, change the way that we think, mm-hmm. that we... Um, what we meditate on, what it is that we actually treasure, so much so in this season that what comes out of us, what hits our feet and into our lives is a dramatic difference from what's happening in the world. Mm -hmm. Cause us to be a picture of what happens when we trust you fully and allow you to fill our lives. Mm -hmm. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.